It's amazing how strong a four foot crocodile is, especially when you've only got him on a tiny little thin piece of rope. I wouldn't want to find out how fast they can run, but I'm pretty fast, that's for sure. And you were thinking he's headed to the pool where your horse tour guests are exactly. going to be in about an exactly. hour's time. Exactly. Taking a nice swim. Taking a nice swim and eating fruit and trying to enjoy their jungle experience. But when you take people on jungle experiences, you don't want to introduce them to everything that's in the jungle. <laughs> including four foot crocodiles. Including four foot crocodiles in the tiny little pond that they're about to be getting in. Jump in with both feet. Go big, follow your dreams. Grab life by the reins. This is how we live. We're Callie King and Andrea Wady, two horse trainers always looking for adventure and finding it. Join us for stories of dangerous travels, wild animals, new challenges, and in the end, always learning alongside our magnificent horses. So saddle up and follow along. You're listening to Grab Life by the Reins. As many of you know, my husband and I lived in the tropics for a long time, 18 years. You're living in Central America. And I think something that I loved so much about living in that environment was the wildlife. I mean, every day we'd see toucans, scarlet macaws, monkeys, so many different things. And I absolutely adored all of them. But sometimes... Well, I have some good stories of when they interrupted our working day. So I thought I might share those. But first, what wild animals have you had encounters with? Well, I did have a pet rattlesnake as a kid because he was crawling across the road in front of um, my parents and I were driving out of our driveway and had just turned onto the county road and he was there going across the road. So, of course, we stopped to take a look. Yeah, of course. A lot of people would have stopped to take a look. Well, some people would have stopped to take a look. Most people would have driven by. <laughs> so we have my husband, Chris, <laughs> is in the studio with us today because he's going to be joining us. Yeah, most people would have stopped for a look. But at what point did you think a rattlesnake might make a good pet? Well, I had a lot of different pets as a child. I'd had various snakes, usually garter snakes that I had found and captured myself. Of course, now I look back and I think poor creatures, yeah. but I almost would, I would keep them for maybe a week and then I would lose interest in, in them and I would turn them loose. So yeah. I, I had snakes, I had turtles, I had salamanders, I had snails. I was always really fascinated by wildlife, by any kind of creature. And I suppose that the, the poor reptiles were the easiest for me to capture normally. Yeah, but still a rattlesnake. That's quite a step up from a turtle, I'm just saying. Well, I had assistance in capturing the rattlesnake mm. because my parents were quite experienced in handling rattlesnakes. It's not uncommon in different areas of the U.S. that people actually eat snakes and they eat rattlesnakes. Oh, really? And my parents in their travels around the West had spent quite a lot of time eating snakes. They would go out rattlesnake hunting and they would, they would harvest snakes and they would eat them. So naturally, when we saw a snake in the road, we decided to stop. 
I think it wasn't just, I of course had an interest in, in keeping the snake and watching him and learning more about him. But my parents Wait. were definitely on board. Oh, I've got a horrible feeling I know how this story's going to end. <laughs> oh, God. Did you eat the snake? In the end, we oh, ate the snake. Oh, no. Oh, my God. So you keep Sid the snake and then you ate him. Yeah. Right. Now, for our listeners, these days, I won't claim to be purely vegetarian, but I... I yeah, only eat mostly. meat on, on yeah. special occasions. Yeah. And I actually really believe in eating. Even when I do eat meat, I like to know where the source is. And at least for me personally, I ethically feel better about eating a creature that's had a, a full life, like a wild snake, yeah. more than eating a farm, sure. uh, or I should say a, a industrially raised yeah. chicken or, or that's beef. That's fair enough. Well, and actually, Chris is probably the best one to talk about this, but I can remember encounters in Costa Rica with certain animals that some countries do eat. Um, crocodile. Um, Costa Rica, you don't eat them. They're protected. But we used to run the horse tour business in Costa Rica a long time ago. And there was one day in particular that I turned up and... The horses weren't ready. Things weren't ready. My husband looked very harassed. And, well, I'm going to let him tell the story. Let's bring Chris back in. He can tell the story about how a crocodile disrupted our day. But the nice thing is it doesn't end in us eating it. <laughs> no, no, there was no eating crocodiles going on. So basically, I used to get to the farm long before Andrea did when she was collecting clients. And this particular day I come in, we had a chap who worked for us who groomed horses and saddled them up and, and one thing and another, and everything was running beautifully to plan as per usual. So everything's going great. We used to ride clients to a, to a waterfall and, and get them in the waterfall, feed them fresh food and drinks and, and all these kind of things. So obviously we, it, it's in a jungle. So he would go up first, he'd rake all the leaves out the way and make sure it's all clean and tidy and, 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 and how it should be presented. So. He comes screaming in way too early on the ATV. Uh, the ATV's popping and tinking because he's just revved the behinds off of it. And, and he's, and he's wide-eyed. And I'm like, what in, what in the hell's going on? And he's like, Chris, la gata, la gata, la gata. And he's like screaming at me. And, I, and my Spanish was not 100%. And I'm thinking he's saying the cat, the cat, the cat, because the cat is gato. <laughs> So he's going, la gata, la gata, la gata. And I'm like, the cat, the cat. And he goes, no, la gata. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't understand. With that, he's frantically waving at me saying, come, 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 come. So I'm all right. Okay, okay, okay. So anyhow, so so I jump in the car and and he revs off on the ATV. So we go off in, into the middle of the farm. Now, to set the scene, at the entrance of the farm, there's a fairly fairly large river. There's no there's no crocodiles in it. There's there's, there's rumours that they have been seen in in the past from time to time. It's way too far inland, way too shallow. And then other than that, there's there's no there's nothing short of a little tiny stream, which which is where our waterfall came from. Um, but certainly not crocodile territory. So we're driving on through the middle of the farm, and I'm probably now about a good two miles away from the river right in the middle of the farm, right where, where the horse tour is going to come through. And 
all of a sudden I'm understanding the Gatdor Terminal because there is a crocodile heading our way, coming out of the middle of the farm, and he's just walking right on down the middle of the road, right up where we're gonna be riding horses with eight clients in about the next half an hour. And yeah, surprise is not really the word because where he's come from, there's no water in that direction for three or four miles. So what he's doing out there, I have no idea. So anyway, I got to sort this situation out. How so, big is this crocodile? This crocodile's probably about four feet long, thereabouts, I would say. Uh, not that heavy, young and lithe and very quick moving. And he's, I don't know if you see crocodiles when they walk, they lift themselves right up off the ground and they've got a certain swagger about them. Uh, they look pretty menacing, to be fair. Um, and he's heading towards where my horses are. And off to the right-hand side of where he is, is, is the pool where we take everyone to get him into the waterfall. And I'm thinking, this is a pretty bad situation. Um, not the kind of situation that you're brought up in England to, to, to encounter or know how to deal with. So anyway, we got to get on. Thankfully in my car, I got a bit a length of rope and I had on the back seat, I had a, a like a throw, like a, like, a, like a blanket kind of thing. So I'm like, right, I need to try and get a noose around his neck. I need to try and get a hold of this thing um, because I can't just let him be strutting around out here when the horses come by. Had you watched any like crocodile, like Crocodile Dundee? Well, I watched Crocodile Dundee. So you had some. So I had some, some idea. <laughs> um, I'd seen Minai, the animal welfare people in Costa Rica. I'd seen them relocating crocodiles that were in 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 dangerous places, but these were big crocodiles. Yeah, they were massive. They were massive, massive crocodiles, and and I'd seen that they tied their mouths shut, and and they generally had put a put a blanket over them or put something over them to dull their eyes and they everyone i'd ever seen was fairly quiet so i'm thinking well i've just got to get on and do this thing now this thing's still got a good set of teeth and a good jaw on it so i'm i'm properly wetting myself here basically i i tie a slip knot in the end of a piece of rope and i get myself a broom handle as some kind of defense to this thing and he's just sitting there looking at me as I'm walking up to him and I'm thinking, and I know they move quick. These little lithe ones, they move really quick. They can run really quite fast on the ground. They can, yeah, they, yeah, they can. Yeah, I wouldn't want to find out how fast they can run, but I'm pretty fast, that's for sure. And you were thinking he's he's headed to the pool where your horse tour guests are exactly. going to be in about an exactly. hour's time exactly. taking a nice swim. Taking a nice swim and eating fruit and trying to enjoy their jungle experience. but. When you take people on jungle experiences, there's not you don't want to introduce them to everything that's in the jungle. <laughs> you want yeah. them to see the, the the monkeys and the toucans and the sloths and you know the you know the scarlet macaws, but you don't need them to see certain aspects of the jungle, should we say? Including four foot crocodiles. Including four foot crocodiles in a tiny little pond that they're about to be getting in. So um, I managed to slip the knot. I managed to slip the thing over his head, and of course, as soon as I slip the slip knot over his head he starts to go nuts. Now, thankfully, he's not going nuts coming at me. He's going nuts trying to get away from me. But it's amazing how strong a four-foot crocodile is, especially when you've only got him on a tiny little thin piece of rope. And I'm trying to hold him like I'm fishing a shark or something. <laughs> and he's given it beans. He ended up dragging me to a ditch and he jumped down into the ditch. Now, this ditch leads to the stream, which leads up to the pool. 
So he's going the wrong way for my liking. Anyway, so he's now in this ditch, down quite a long way in a narrow little little ditch. And, and I'm thinking, what am I gonna, what can I do with him? So I called, I called Douglas, my worker, and he pulls the blanket out the back of the car. And I'm thinking, if I throw a blanket over him, he might go quiet. So I throw a blanket over him and sure enough, he goes dead still. And I'm thinking, right. So this little Englishman here has to climb in a ditch in Costa Rica with a four foot crocodile and somehow get him out. And I'm thinking, yeah, today's not going quite how I want it to go. So anyway, I throw it in, jump down on him, pin him down like I saw in Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> so did you, when you threw the blanket on him, he went quiet right he away? Went, he went quiet right away. It's literally like someone turned the lights up and he went dead still. So I climbed down into the ditch super, super cautiously, super, super from the back end, obviously. And so basically came up on him, stuck my hand on the back of his neck and sat on him. And he didn't really fight. He gave a little bit of a wiggle, but he didn't really give an awful lot of a fight. So then I've still got this bit of rope and I'm, and I'm basically trying to use the rope that's around his neck to wrap the blanket around his nose and, and to tie his mouth shut. So I did the very best that I possibly could and he was being pretty compliant. So I'm thinking- right. And you're such an animal lover, like you don't want to hurt him. Oh, I don't want to hurt him anyway. You don't want him to bite your arm. He, he yeah, equally, I, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want him to hurt me, but we he has to leave. Yeah. Uh, this situation has to be resolved quickly because I know that minibus has, less ha has left Hako and is heading our way full of clients as I'm talking. And all of the horses are not ready to go riding yet. They, we still got a few things to do. So I jump on him, I tie him up best I can, and I scoop him up under my arm and I climb out of the ditch with a crocodile under my arm. Well, how much does a four foot crocodile weigh? No, I was just going to ask that. How heavy was he? I don't think I've ever asked you. I, I can't. I, I, I can't put a weight on it. He was, he was heavy enough that I knew that I was picking him up, but it wasn't breaking my back. Yeah, he's he's a fair he's a fair weight, but but not anything too bad. And and he was a dead weight because he was not he was not wriggling, thankfully. So I come on out. Douglas runs around the back and grabs his tail, and we're walking towards a car. Just at this point, our guide shows up, who's obviously showed up to to help us with the tour, and she's wondered where everybody is because there's a bunch of horses and no one around, and not everything's finished. So she's come driving into the farm to make sure everything's all right. And she pulled the telephone out and took the most epic photograph that I think I possess of me holding this crocodile under my arm. And from the front, I hadn't seen the blanket at all come untied and he's just draped around his nose. And just looking over, the, over my shoulder from behind is Douglas, who has the biggest laughing face on his entire life because he's at the blunt end. And I'm at the front end and you can see how stressed my face is. He so, was just laughing so he was, hard. He was laughing so hard. And I'm like, yeah, it's all right for you to laugh, son. You're, you're up the back end. I'm up the front end here. And I didn't know that they'd all come untied around his nose either. So anyway, thankfully, if you need to catch a crocodile, put a blanket over the red. So I get into my car. I had a RAV4. I had a Toyota RAV4. They don't exactly have the biggest trunk in the world. Not a crocodile um, carrier. Not, not really a crocodile carrier. But anyhow, I got a four-foot crocodile in the trunk of my RAV4 and slammed the door on it. Basically, I drove him back to the front of the farm because I'm thinking, now what do I do with him? I'm not gonna leave him in my car. 
So I drove him back to the thing and I thought, I'm going to let him go in the big river because I'm trying to be as kind to him as I can. I don't want to upset his day. I don't want him to, you know, I don't want to cause him any harm. So I carry him down to the river and I put him down on the bank and I am now considering how on earth do you get the slip knot off from around his neck when he's got a blanket over his head? Because you've got to take the blanket off to get the slip knot off. And I'm thinking, oh no, anyway, I devised this little bent bit of stick and one thing or another, took the blanket off and, and I was trying to hook with the corner bit of a stick and loosened it off around his neck and then he'd fight and he'd tighten it up again. And so did this three or four times, eventually got it loose, slipped the thing off of his thing, pulled the blanket off of his eyes and whoosh, off he goes into the river. Just as he goes whoosh into the river, I look up to the other side of the river, which is where the road comes into the farm, and I can see a minibus go past with Andrea in it and eight clients. Now, Costa Rica is pretty hot, pretty, pretty, pretty humid. The sweat is running off of me. I've got my work gear on, my nice smart T-shirt, which is now absolutely wringing wet and covered in mud and grime and one thing or another. You did look pretty disheveled when I pulled in. Well, yeah, there's no kidding there because I literally made it off the riverbank just about walking back into the entrance of the farm. Minibus rolls in and I see Andrea clock me out the window and, and, and she drives on in and they stop and park up. And as they get out, Andrea can see that everything isn't ready to go. And I ran a really tight ship. A really tight ship. You know, attention to detail. Some might call it slightly anal, but I'm proud of it. We ran a great business. And I arrive and it's just not ready. And I'm like, what the hell? They've been messing around. They've probably been climbing a tree or doing something. And yeah, I wasn't best pleased. Well, she was giving me daggers, literally. She was staring me down <laughs> going, what the hell have you been doing? Like in a proper, like angry tone. Which is I, unusual. I, we don't fight. It's no, not with that. No, we're not those people. Not at all. And I'm, and, but she's got clients right behind her. I wanted to just take a break in recording to tell you about my book. Crossing Bridges is about my journey coast to coast in Costa Rica with my friends and rescue horses. This was life-changing, life-affirming and made me rethink what horses were capable of. Crossing Bridges. It's a great read. I hope you enjoy it. So I'm going, hey, everybody, welcome. Uh, if you want to bring yourself over to here, we'll get you all signed in. A big smile on my face, sweat dripping off my nose. And, I'm like, and, and as soon as the clients walk past and I'm like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> and made no more mention of it. So anyway, Andrea goes and signs the clients in, one thing or another. I go and finish up packing up horses. We're running around like blue ass behinds and um, uh, get everyone to loaded up and, and out she rides off to a lovely clean waterfall, lovely Without crystal clear water, no crocodile in it. And it wasn't until she came back that, she, that I actually told her that I'd captured a four foot crocodile right in the middle of the path that she was about to be riding up. And uh, yeah, and I must admit, we got home that night and we were looking at each other going, you can't make this shit up, can you? <laughs> so what did you think after you heard? Were you Did you feel really impressed that your husband was a crocodile wrangler? Yeah, completely. But also just not remotely surprised or shocked because Costa, Costa Rica, Rica would just throw incredible curveballs. I mean, do you remember, Chris, the day we, we rescued a spider monkey off the road and I had to drive you 
to the vets with a spider monkey, also with a blanket over its Wrapped head. Wrapped up in the same blanket. And I remember driving the car and looking in the rearview mirror and going, this is Monday morning. My life is so awesome that I'm not, you know, sat in traffic in England somewhere going to an office job. Here I am in a car. My husband's on the back seat with a spider monkey on his lap. And I'm telling him this going, oh, this is this is amazing. And basically, this spider monkey, again, basically, he'd been shocked by the electric cables from across the road. He'd landed in the road as I'd come along and found him. So I'd rung Andrea and said, you're going to have to come here and help me catch a spider monkey. I was in a different car. I didn't have a blanket because I knew blankets work at these kind of things, apparently. So, so I said, you're going to have to come out. You have to bring me a blanket. So she comes on out. Um, we eventually catch the monkey because even though he was hurt, I think it turned out. I think it turned out he had a broken hip, but he could still move around quite quite well. He was pretty agile, anyhow. So we chase him into the bushes, and one thing or another, we had to catch him. So so we caught him, got the blanket over him. I bundled him up the best I can. It's not a it's not an exact science wrapping a wrapping <laughs> a wrapping a spider monkey in a blanket. It's kind of a make the best of a bad situation kind of wrap up. There's no YouTube video for how to wrap a spider monkey? No, never seen it. And by the way, I'm not going to make one either because um, halfway in to, to Hacko, Andrea's having this all dreamy, oh, it's amazing living here. You can't make this up. And as I'm doing that, an arm comes out from underneath a wrapped, a wrapped <laughs> blanket. And this arm is probably longer than my arm and it comes around and it literally wraps around the top of my head and grabs my ear on the opposite side and he's pulling on my ear and I'm sitting in the back and Andrew's going, oh, you wouldn't, at least we're not in England. And I'm looking at Andrew with these wide eyes going, can you just floor it, please? And I'm trying to wrestle this arm and get it back in underneath the blanket. And as I'm getting it back into the blanket, he starts biting my other arm through the blanket. <laughs> And I'm literally, I mean, wrestling, wrestling a monkey in a blanket for, for, for about a 10-minute car ride. I mean, that's a fun Monday morning as far as I'm concerned. And then do you remember we got him to the vet and the vet was like, no problem, sedated him immediately. And then I just had this moment where I felt like we bonded, me and the monkey. And I was saying to him, you know, you're going to be okay. We're going to make sure you get to go back with your family. Everything will be okay which did work out that way. But he kind of, as I was saying this to him, he held his hand out to me and I thought, oh, this is so touching. He wants to hold my hand. So I grabbed his hand and he just <laughs> went, and dragged my finger right to his mouth. He would have bitten my finger off. Yeah, and they got big fangs. They were, he was so strong. And the vet was just like, what possessed you to do that? And I was like, I thought... I thought he wanted me to hold his hand. She was like, no, just don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. We were doing the very best we can, but we were at the end of the day, like brought up in the UK and living in a jungle. And, it, and, and as much as experience teaches you things, there are certain things that just instinctively, they're just, they don't fit. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, that was our life with, you know, some of the crazy stories with wildlife. And actually there's, so many more. There's so, so many more. And I was just thinking of you with your rattlesnake. And I do remember watching a, a snake grabbed a frog on the forecourt of where we did, we had the stables. 
And um, it was a garden snake or what, I can't remember what they called them, vine snakes, bright green, beautiful. So this snake just shot out, grabbed this frog, but only got his head and front legs in his mouth. And it was hilarious. Bless him. The frog was given a good fight because he was literally leaping up and down, taking half the, half the snake with it because <laughs> he had his massive back legs hanging out either side. And every time the snake's head landed back on the ground again, the frog went boing and literally was bouncing backwards and forwards with this snake hanging on to him for all he was worth. But the frog won, didn't it? The frog won in the end. The frog he, got he, away. Yeah, he got away. He got away. Yeah, he got away. I always root for them to get away. 100%. Oh, you always root for the underdog. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know there's the cycle of life and all that, but you still got to root for them to get away. 100%. Yeah. Anytime. Do you not have many wild animals where you are in Mexico? When I think wildlife, I think big things. You know, like Colorado, we saw bear all the time. We had mountain lion, we had coyotes, we had deer, elk, all the all the big things. Yeah. But if I go the other spectrum, there's tons of wildlife. I swear we have every species of ant in my kitchen, <laughs> <laughs> large and small. Yeah. Um, there's scorpions in the house on the regular. The worst is when they are on the towel and you forget to shake out your towel oh, and you yeah. wrap your towel and suddenly there's a scorpion running down your leg. Yeah. yeah. Have you been stung yet? No. Yeah, that hurts. No, not yet. And we do have snakes. Luckily, there's not, the dangerous ones are not common, but there is a snake that has a home somewhere around my house. And one day I was rushing to leave and I was rushing out and went to grab the door that is like, you know, exits kind of the little patio area that we have. And there was this gigantic five foot snake just laid out, sunning himself in front of the door. Oh, it's always, a, I like snakes, but it, it's always a bit of a surprise. Well, yeah. And if he knew your history, he'd probably go next door. <laughs> I was going to say, you like snakes just a little bit too much. <laughs> I think he had more to fear. <laughs> so you better look out for rattlesnakes in your bed tonight, young <laughs> <laughs> guys we're gonna have to draw this to a close it's been so much fun and, and you know don't have nightmares for every crazy animal story that we have we have so many there's a lovely fluffy bunny story yes <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to hear the fluffy bunny story <laughs> I don't um Guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope we don't give you nightmares. There's lots of really good animal stories, but you know, that was our life and it was exciting. Check your trails, check your swimming holes, check your towels. <laughs> and we hope you can join us for more stories, more sharing and more grabbing life by the reins. Thank you so much. Thanks guys. Thank you for listening to Grab Life by the Reins. If you want to see ridiculous photos from our adventures, be the first to know when we release new episodes and be a part of more shenanigans, join our email family at grablifebytherains.com. We'll see you in the next program. <laughs>